This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Well, hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson. Hope everyone's enjoying their wonderful Wednesday. The uh, weather is beautiful here in the Berg. We get the schedule released tomorrow night. Tune into, I think I'm on DVE with uh, Dale and Pursuta, I assume, at 8 o'clock live. When the schedule goes live, we're doing an hour show. So check that out as well. Uh, I'll have some response for you for Friday of stuff about the Steelers' schedule. But um, my plan for today and tomorrow uh, leading up to schedule release is recapping my article for the week. And as usual, you guys are too kind with your uh, your comments. It went up late last night, late Tuesday night. So maybe you guys haven't gotten to it yet, but check it out. And what I did is I really pulled back and went into every team in the division what they're at at each position and kind of compared the Steelers. But let's talk through it a little bit more as well. I'm going to do defense today because of the Arthur Millette news, you know, in that he got released. Um, first off, that saves the Steelers. From what I understand, I have to dig into a little more, about $2 million in cap space. We'll talk corners here in a minute, but I'm going to start with the big guys. Defensive tackle, and we have this conversation too much. When I break down the defensive front, it's now you're either a defensive tackle or you're an edge. I don't care if you're 3-4 or 4-3. The league doesn't care anymore. So if you're a big guy, you're a D-tackle. I mean, if you're 285 and bigger, if you're Aaron Smith or bigger, you're a D-tackle. Other guys are edges, whether that's a 275-pound Miles Murphy or um, TJ Watt. So anyway, defensive tackles. Steelers, as you probably know, have Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, Keanu Benton, the Marvin Leal, Armand Watts, Fahoko and Adams at the nose. So that's four, that's seven dudes already at a position they usually keep six. I think Adams could be in trouble, by the way. Um, anyway, um, the Ravens, who I want to talk about the Ravens just for a second. When I did this exercise, you guys might know I'm pretty, I'm tuned in with the rest of the league, at least as much as I am with the Steelers, maybe slightly less, but the, the, the other 31 teams I'm very dialed in with for all my walks of life and all I've done, you know, in the media and whatnot. And yeah, I had some concerns from a Ravens perspective of their defensive line. But when I put pen to paper, it's a lot worse than I thought. I mean, the Ravens big guys right now are Michael Pierce, Travis Jones, who I liked coming out of UConn a year ago and thought he could be in the mix for the Steelers, but was so-so. Broderick Washington, kind of just a guy. And Justin Matabuke, who's probably their best player on the interior and better than you think. That's not so great. I mean, it's not what you're used to playing against from the Ravens. The Bengals have DJ Reader and BJ Hill. It's a really good combination. But Zach Carter is like their only depth right now, and he's not like the others. So depth for the Bengals is very concerning, but their starters are excellent. The Browns defensive tackle, I'm not exaggerating in saying last year, I think their defensive tackle spot, you know, room, 
was as bad as any position group in the entire league. I mean, as bad as the Ravens receivers, you know, and so to their credit, they went and gave pretty good money to Dalvin Tomlinson, who's a very good player, much more nosy than he is upfield penetrator. And then they drafted a pure nose in Saika Ika, the giant from Baylor. So they just added a lot of beef to the interior of their defensive line, which I get because we'll get to their edge guys. That's where their pass rush will come from. And their linebackers are very small run and hit guys. So I was a little shocked they didn't add to their linebacker group this offseason, but they're protecting them much better. So that adds up. So in Tomlinson and Ika, they also have Jordan Elliott, Tristan Hill, Perry and Winfrey, who was a, kind of a disaster as a rookie, and Maurice Hurst. So Steelers, to me, are clearly number one. I mean, not only do they have depth, but they got Cam. I would say the Bengals are two, and Reader, to me, is probably the sec- is, is the second best defensive tackle in the division. But Joby would maybe be the Ravens' best defensive tackle. Uh, I think Tomlinson's more valuable than Joby. But they're kind of on that level together. Not to mention, you throw Benton into the mix, a second year of Leal. You know, Armand Watts does the warmly stuff. So Steelers win this one pretty easily, especially when you look at the Bengals' depth. I mean, Bengals need to add a guy there. So at the edge, Steelers have Watt Highsmith Herbig. You got a little bit worried about that third spot. There's no question. The Ravens, as mentioned, their front line worries me. Tyus Bowser is a good player. It's all right. Adefi Owe is an athlete playing football that is not being productive, but might blow up. David Njabo, remember him? They used an early pick on him. Didn't play a whole year. And they need Njabo and Owe to hit. And they have immense talent, but nothing to show that they're on the cusp of doing that. And then they used a pretty early pick on Tavius Robinson. It was fine. Uh, the Bengals have a good group. They really do. They have Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Use a first-round pick on Miles Murphy. And a guy from last year that you guys might not know is Joseph Asai out of Texas that they loved. And he got hurt and missed basically the whole year. So that's a pretty real – that's a really good foursome there. Now, they don't have a Watt or a Garrett. You know, Browns have Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett was a one-man show last year, but this year they went out and got a Conquo from Houston, who was a guy I really was excited about for free agency, and he's basically going to be the starter for them, and drafted Isaiah McGuire. as another pick, one of my favorite picks they made as well. So that pairing opposite Garrett, I think, makes a lot of difference for them. I think that goes a long way. Not that people aren't going to double Garrett or Watt for that matter. But at least you now have a Robin to the Batman. They also have Alex Wright. Fine. Now, I'm not going to fight you. Who's better, Watt or Garrett? We'll just call it a wash. Doesn't really matter. But I'll take Highsmith still over Aconquo or McGuire. But the fact that they have three that I trust more than two has some weight, you know, and we're not necessarily ranking these one through four, but just sort of comparing. The Ravens are definitely last. That I am very confident about. But there's upside there. I mean, they need one of these picks in the last two years to really, you know, hit their athletic, you know, prowess. But the Bengals might be one. I mean, again, they have three high-quality dudes, good starters. And in typical Bengal fashion, all their DNs are 6'5", 275, Carlos Dunlap types, you know, 4'3", edge setters, tough guys, long arms. So they have a style. 
So the top three teams you can argue. Do you want the star power of Garrett and Watt? Of course you do. And some good compliments, Highsmith and Oconquil, and or do you want, you know, the consistency of the Bengals? I'd probably put the Bengals third just because stars make the world go round and you're the defensive player of the year. That carries a lot of weight. So not a bad group, though, and pretty much improved over the offseason across the league. So quick break here. We'll talk linebackers, which isn't close to as pretty. It's kind of a mess. And secondary, safety and corners. All right, we're back chatting linebackers. And I think, as I mentioned yesterday, I could see the Steelers signing somebody here. Um, Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, Mark Robinson. Ravens have Roquan, which far and away the best linebacker in this division. So they're the best linebacking core in this division. Patrick Queen, who they didn't pick up a fifth-year option. And Trenton Simpson, who now waits in the wings for his turn when Queen gets traded or, let you know, after the contract's expired, whatever. But he has a lot of work to do. Great athlete. Malik Harrison's also in the mix for them. Um, if Roquan's the number one linebacker, and he is in the division, I think Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, the starters for the Bengals, are two and three. So kind of like their their edge and uh, really their whole defense is this way. Solid, real good, not superstars, but their starters are quite good. They also have Akeem Davis-Gaither, who they drafted a couple years ago. The Browns would definitely be last for me, but I still have hopes that uh, Owosu Koromora has a strong career. Um, Anthony Walker, Jacob Phillips, Sion Takitaki are their other guys. And I do think it will help the Browns that they're protecting them better, as we talked about earlier. A lot of speed here, lack of size. They have a certain type. They're very analytically driven. They're not going to invest heavily in linebackers, which the Steelers might not be either, by the way. Um, but I think you go Ravens, Bengals, Steelers with some question marks, and Browns. Safety is also interesting. The Steelers have Minka. They have KZ. They have Neal. Uh, the Ravens have Marcus Williams, a really good, deep, middle, free safety, traditional guy. And those are hard to find. Last year's first-round pick, Kyle Hamilton, who has some freaky traits, you know, mid-first-round safety with size. He pretty much only played big slot, though. So, interesting. He could be a breakout guy. Geno Stone's a quality player as well. Bengals are going to go two new safeties. They lost their, both their starters. So, it's going to be Dax Hill and Jordan Battle. Um, that's questionable. You know, they're young. Nick Scott's also in the mix. Uh, the Browns have some names. Juan Thornhill, Grant Delpit. These guys have been drafted pretty high. Rodney McLeod. Um, I think you have to put the Bengals last. I would put the Browns easily third, and I'm, I think there's more questions and answer with the Browns' safeties. I give the Steelers a slight nod, like, hey, I'd love to have Kyle Hamilton, but he wasn't tremendous as a rookie. And Williams isn't in Minka's class, but he's a tier or two below as free safeties go. But Minka's just a stud. I mean, so I'm going to take the Steelers slightly over the Ravens. I think Neil will have a role. KZ's a good football player. So let's talk corners here. And now Millette is out of the equation. And what that says to me is maybe there's another signing on the horizon. I don't know that Chandon Sullivan is the end-all, be-all slot guy. 
I do think that they are quickly getting away from the slower, tough guy, undersized corner that isn't great in coverage out of the slot. The Millettes, the Hiltons, easy to root for. They'll throw their face in the fire. They blitz. But I think they want safety types that are athletes playing the slot, which is how the league is going. Maybe it's even Trice or Peterson more than you think. Who's to say? Sullivan's obviously, I guess, penciled in as a starter. Could Norwood do some of that? Yeah. I don't know if he makes a team. And I didn't even list him with the safeties. Um, and certainly Minka and KZ have those capabilities as well. So that still seems to work itself out. But before, when I wrote the article, it was Peterson, Porter, Wallace, Witherspoon, Sullivan, Millett, Pierre, Trice. Like, that is eight corners on a team that usually keeps five, maybe six. You know, so crowded. But for this discussion, also interesting because there's two draft picks in there. There's an all-time great that's not what he used to be, but still coming off a really good year. And Peterson. And obviously, there's depth. You know, so... Sears Corner Room is interesting. You know, I mean, could it go south? Could it be a disaster? Absolutely. But there's probably a little more upside here than with the other spots. You know, the Ravens have Marlon Humphrey, who I think it's still between him and Denzel Ward is the best corner in the division. But neither is a superstar. I mean, they're both really good players. They signed Rocky Sin, quality number two. Uh, and then some recent draft picks, Brandon Stevens. Caillou Blue Kelly, who I like this year. He's a rookie. And Jalen Armour Davis, who I loved a year ago. So they need one of those or two of those final three to not only be the slot, and Humphrey's a really good slot as well. He's, you know, inside, outside versatile, like a Cam Sutton, but better. Um, but they, you know, side note on Sutton, no offense to Cam Sutton, but I think they want big, long press man corners. And I think that's a big reason Sutton was not back. You know, he has, does a lot of good things, but that's not who he is. You know, he doesn't look like Trice and Porter or Peterson for that matter. You know, he seems to tell you things. So the Ravens have two quality starters, three talented young guys that if one or two of them steps up, they should be okay. Bengals have a good group. And as is the case with their whole defense, safety aside, they might not be household names, but they're Good football players, Shadobia Wozier, Cam Taylor Britt played well as a rookie. You guys know Mike Hilton, DJ Turner in the second round, speed guy that can play inside and out, and Sidney Jones. So that's five quality corners. You know, they can withstand an injury or two. And you know, depth here is more important than some positions for me because you play three, sometimes you even play four. Guys get hurt. You know, they help on special teams. So I like the Bengals group quite a bit. It's just not star laden. Mentioned Ward, good player, always undersized, but good player. Greg Newsom, former first-round pick, has been miscast to the slot more than he should. So they drafted his buddy from Northwestern, Cameron Mitchell. Maybe he can grab the slot and bump Newsom outside. They also have Martin Emerson, who's an athletic guy that has some upside. So if I were to rank these groups of corners, I don't know. I, I I really hesitate to put the Steelers first, but I like the options they have. I think you put the Bengals first. They're a little more proven, less turnover. Um, I think the Browns are a little bit square pegs, round hole type of situation. It's pretty close, to be honest, all four of those to me. And we'll see how the Steelers situation you know, shakes out. But 
hypothetical, and I'm not trying to dangle a carrot, what if Joey Porter turns into a star? Well, see as we want. You know, I mean, it's, it's pretty much that simple. And even if he's just a good player, it would be, you know, a, a big addition for them, obviously. So I thought that was fun. We will do offense tomorrow. Um, there's pretty good quarterbacks in the division, by the way, in case you haven't noticed. Really good division, though, but this is a good exercise. Go check out the article. Talk to you tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.